sinners and saints. Dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alec After Dark. Hello, all you sinners and saints out there. Welcome back to Alan After Dark. I have a feeling that you're coming back just to witness another train wreck after the first episode, but if that's what brings you back, so be it. I will do my best to be the biggest train wreck that there is in podcast history. Now, that's not to say that I want to be some sort of Jerry Springer show. I don't want to be that, but it may turn out that way sometimes anyway, so we'll just have to deal with that. We will cross that bridge when we come to it. So in thinking about where to take this podcast, I talked about in the first episode about coming out of the closet, but well, not coming out of the closet per se, but the epiphany, the revelation of understanding who I was based on that experience on uh, the school bus when I was a high school freshman. Now, That was an ongoing process for many, many years. I think I may have referenced before that I am a recovering Baptist. Uh, Too bad there's not a 12-step program for that, but I did escape the wicked theology that is the Baptist religion. It is completely hypocritical. It is full of bullshit theories. It is the weaponization of, of... of religion. It is no different than Al-Qaeda in a lot of different ways. Now, having said that, I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble and bring on the death threats. I've had them before. I'll have them again, I'm sure. But I look at both sides as extremism, and that's that. And this podcast is not about religion. It is about a gay man enjoying a great sex life sometimes. So I got that out, and we're done with that. So welcome Sinners and Saints, I hope you're here for a good time uh, to enjoy yourself and maybe learn a little bit, but if not, be entertained. Like I said, this isn't Jerry Springer, so there'll be no chair throwing. There'll be plenty of swearing, probably, and some dirty talk, but mostly we'll be talking about what it's like in this world being a gay man, especially a middle-aged bear type who has the perfect face for podcasting. So... I want to kind of add to what we talked about in the first episode and and take the story from there. So let's once again go back in time to when it all really began. Now, let me remind everyone once again that when I tell stories about my own life in the past and I include others, that the names will will be changed to protect the guilty. I just want that understood. And strangely enough, having just said that, there was a loud burst of thunder. I don't know if it came through on the recording, but hmm, maybe there was a warning there, but who knows. So... After that epiphany on the school bus with Grady Thomas's groin, his erection pressing against my shoulder, I became more confident in myself in a way that I believe most people wouldn't understand. It made me more aware of other men's physiques, of their sexuality, 
how they carried themselves. And I was in particularly drawn to a very specific teacher, and we'll call him Mr. Adcock. And I kind of enunciated the name there in particular because, well, let's just say that's what this is all about, the cock. So I am a freshman in high school, coming into my own as far as my sexuality. And I'll try to explain it, and I'll try to describe this as best I can and and, and give you a, a good picture of what I'm talking about. But in my freshman year, I had science class, and our the classroom was designed with lab tables along both sides. The, the left side and the right side had lab tables, and there was a lab table up front. And that lab table was used as a desk for Mr. Adcock. Now, we never used any of those tables. Uh, our form of science in a poor school district in Tennessee wouldn't allow for anything like that. There were other science-type teachers in the high school that kind of did those things, but this was not one of them. So this was pretty much a, basically a book Top class. There was no experimenting. There was nothing like that. It was all book study. Not that I cared about any of that. But Mr. Adcock, when he would lecture, as he called it, he tended to, while he would write on, on the chalkboard some, he tended to sit on top of the lab table that was his desk. But the interesting thing about that was that he could not help himself as far as rearranging and, adjust, and adjusting his dick in his khakis. He always wore khaki slacks and usually a button-up long sleeve shirt, either white or blue, maybe sometimes green, and a tie, but not always. But he just... It's hard to, it's hard to really explain it without uh, everyone seeing it, but... Literally, every time, every class, on every day, when he sat on that lab table, he was rearranging his dick. He must have had either the biggest dick in the world or the most uncomfortable underwear ever worn by a man in the history of mankind. He would be sitting there, man-spreaded, talking to us in front of the whole class, and he didn't even seem to think about it. He didn't even seem to realize that he was doing it, even though you have a boy, 13 years old, who can't take his eyes off his crotch with an erection virtually every day watching him do this, albeit absentmindedly, but he was doing it. And I often wonder now, looking back on that, he never got in trouble for it. I think that if a male teacher handled himself that way in a class now, that he would be in trouble, serious trouble, I guess maybe on the line of a form of sexual harassment if you will, but none of the girls ever said anything about it that I'm aware of. None of the guys did, even though I think that if I think that if anyone had said anything, he would have been in trouble. But since he kept doing it for years on end, it just seemed like nobody thought much about it, except for the uh, supposed only gay boy sitting in his class in second period science. So it was just one of those things to me that was sort of like, am I the only one who notices this? Am I the only one who's getting turned on with this? And looking back and and knowing from history, I wasn't the only one. But back then, I did think that I was the only one. And I was kind of okay with that. I felt like 
I was getting away with something. I learned quickly how to stare, to look, to glance. And any guy in my class or in high school, for that matter, juniors, seniors that I would see, I could watch them in a way that they weren't anticipating. If they didn't believe that there was anybody in the school, the entire school, that was gay, you could use that to your lascivious advantage. I can't believe I used that word, but it's going to work in this situation. So not only did I have a Mr. Adcock that would be tearing me up in his class where I'd have to try to cover myself up from the tent I was pitching almost every day in his class. Thankfully, you could carry books in front of yourself, you know, so nobody could see. But there were quite a few classmates and boys that were in classes grades ahead of me that really turned me on as well. And I had mentioned in the first episode, Miles and his behavior, especially in the locker room. Well, there was another guy and we'll call him Mason. And he was a junior when I was a freshman and he was the same way. He was just like Mr. Adcock. He was just like Miles. His hand always seemed to find its way onto his dick. He wore he was he wore jeans a lot, but he was also on the baseball and basketball teams. And a lot of times the players they would have practice in the middle of the day and they would tend to just wear their practice clothes to uh, the classes that followed. And my strongest memory of him, other than just seeing him in the hallway holding his dick in his hand, well, grabbing his crotch. He didn't have his dick out, of course. He would have been suspended, expelled for that, but he would adjust himself all the time. It's like the pro baseball players that we see now and the college baseball players that just seem to go right to their cups to fix them, adjust them, whatever you want to call it. And this day, though, I realized that he uh, on he would have afternoon classes for athletes. They tended to be classes taught by coaches. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that was on purpose. And I remember in one of the classes, it was fifth period, they had come in. Some of the players would come in. They had had a late, uh, a longer running practice, and he comes in. Mason comes into the classroom wearing a tank top and shorts. They had been practicing uh, in ba- basketball, and he comes in in the shorts and tank top and his high top sneakers. And the way the classroom was situated is like it was like there were rows of desks, but it was in a, a U shape. So I was like on the first desk on a certain row looking across at other desks and he was across the way from me at an angle, but he was the third desk in a line of the desk. And there was three desks in each row. So he basically was sitting in, in, the, in the back of that row against the wall of the classroom. And on this particular day, I'm not sure what got into him, what was on his mind, but I guess I wasn't being too subtle with my stare across the way with his legs spread wide open, wearing the shorts that kept riding up higher and higher. But all of a sudden, 
he reaches down and he's he's basically squeezing his his dick and he pulled up the leg of his shorts allowing me to see his jock strap to this day i don't know what possessed him to do it i'll be forever grateful that he did it but it was like the first time i'd ever been teased and his behavior went on for almost the entire class period. He would pull it up, let me see the jock, and then he would slide his short back down a little bit, and his hand would go back to rubbing his cock to the point of erection, I know. And it just seemed like he was getting off on me watching him. And I will always have fantasies about Mason. He carried himself in such a way that I had never seen before. He was at the level of Grady as far as the masculinity in my eyes. And that arrogant confidence, you know, I do believe it takes guts to just squeeze your dick in front of, in the public. I don't see how I never did it. I was petrified of doing something like that, you know, and but here was this guy who would basically adjust himself in the hallway, in a classroom, on a school bus, everywhere. And he wasn't being absent-minded about it. He knew he was doing it. It wasn't something that he didn't realize he was doing. And I believe that's why I was hot for him. And I so would have loved to have seen his actual dick. In fact, I would... I hoped many times that I would run into him in the bathroom and that maybe he would be willing to sort of show it off, but I would have been very intimidated and you always had to be careful. If I was the only one, can you imagine what would have happened to me had I sort of asked to see it and then he reacted negatively to it? I would have been in so much trouble, possibly even expelled. And no telling how much violence would have happened to me. But it really does seem like it was that fine of a line between the teasing and the bullying. But Mason, over all those years that I could see him, which was just two, actually, because he was a junior, he always got my attention. And I would sometimes just seek him out to see if he would touch himself again, to see if he would flash a little bit sometimes he did sometimes he didn't that was the way the ball bounced pun intended now having said that there is another guy in my class and I'll call him we'll call him Brian and a lot of the classrooms that we had had that same sort of setup with the desk where there was like three desks in a row, but it was it shaped a U around the, the classroom and the teacher's desk was at the front, at the top of the U. So in uh, my, I had Brian in, we had the same English class and, and he hated me. He absolutely despised me. He was the closest I come to having a bully even though it wasn't like bullying, he would just try to make fun of me sometimes and get mad that no one would go along with it. And I always feel like that kind of 
attitude toward me was because he saw in me something that he saw in, in himself. Now, he was he had a notorious reputation. He wasn't considered one of the nicest kids in school. In fact, he was a bastard. He was a little asshole bitch who loved causing trouble and didn't mind picking at people if he thought he would get some kind of benefit out of it. But to me, it all started one time when, like in the same situation with Mason, he sat on the back row of that of, of the class across the other side of the class from me where I could see right, well, right between his legs. And I would look, even though I knew he, he despised me, and he's the first person I ever saw. He actually would put his hand inside his pants, and he was playing with himself in class, his hand in his pants. And I realized that he caught me looking at him doing that. And I think it bothered him because he got hard seeing me look at him. It turned him on. And knowing his family background, there is no way he would have ever been allowed to be himself as far as perhaps being gay. So the only thing he could do would be lash out. And... That's what he did. He would try to pick at me any chance he got. And um, I just ignored it. I didn't think anything about it. But imagine him now, after all these years, if I'm right about him, I do know that he got up, caught up in trouble. He did, in our senior year, one of, the, one of the guys that I was friends with, who I do believe now, I didn't think then, but I do believe he was gay. And they become really good friends and they dabbled in drugs because I'll call him I'll call him Michael Michael his family had money he had money and he could use that money to buy drugs that appealed to Brian and so I wonder on their little excursions did they perhaps fuck around i have a feeling that that michael in exchange for the drugs was sucking brian off now let me remind you the names are changed to protect the guilty i guess i'm really describing a, a, uh, an x-rated version of 90210 aren't i uh, so but it wasn't that way at all it wasn't that way if I, I count through all those years in high school, all four of them, these incidences weren't as frequent, except for in Mr. Adcock's class. But there was a lot going on, and especially in PE, and I, I mentioned Miles before the last episode, seeing these guys touch themselves this way, it just kind of cemented that fetish for me. It's why I became a lover of baseball players. I would just go crazy watching the Atlanta Braves or the LA Dodgers or the Oakland A's, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Mets, the Yankees, because you got to see them indulge my fantasy. And 
I don't think I'm alone in that type of fetish as a gay man, as a gay boy, especially. And I don't know what other people think about that. What would you think about a 13-year-old boy who had fantasies about grown men, about teachers that totally stirred up all the physical emotions, the desires, the lust that you can feel, especially when your hormones are just running rampant and just standing up can give you a heart on. And I honestly would have pursued something sexual with Mr. Adcock or Mason or Miles or, an, or two other guys that were in my class. And would I have felt like I did anything wrong? And the answer would have been no. Now, granted, I, would, I can accept the argument that a person of that age doesn't really understand what everything's about. They don't understand the repercussions of that. But I certainly wouldn't blame Mr. Adcock if I had approached him and said, I want to see your dick. I want to touch it. Now, he probably would have gone ballistic and taken me to the principal's office and I would have been suspended and probably be a homeless person now being treated that way because they would have told my parents and that would have led to a disaster in my life. Being the son of a Baptist deacon, you can only imagine how bad that could be. But I do wonder quite often, actually, about Mr. Adcock and what could have happened there. The fantasy is a great one for me, even to this day. And knowing also something I haven't mentioned before, at least I don't think I have, Mr. Adcock also for a couple of years was the coach for the baseball team. And I often wondered if he wore a jock strap under the baseball uniform he wore as coach. I don't think he did, but I don't have any proof either way. So I'll just indulge that fantasy whenever I get. All I can remember is that when he had the uniform on, you could see peaks of his hairy chest coming off the t-shirt, out from under the t-shirt of the uniform. And that was just an additional, just one more turn on for me. I actually think I'm describing an episode of Big Mouth here, aren't I? And trust me, in the future, we'll have, a, we'll have an episode probably solely on the impacts of the Netflix show Big Mouth on my life. <laughs> but I wonder how many of you have, were or have been or even now have been hot for teacher. I don't think I'm alone in that type of attraction. Uh, it might have been unique at the time since I was a boy, hot for a male teacher, but I think a lot of people have been and a lot of people are today. I think we all have our favorite teachers. We may not think of them all in a, in a, in a sexual way, but I have a feeling a lot of us do. And for me, it's actually something I cherish every single day of my life. And I wouldn't exchange most of those days for anything in the world. The main reason being is everything that happened then has made me who I am today. And I don't have any regrets. 
other than maybe I should have taken a chance and said something to Mason or one of the other two guys that I really had the hots for back then. But perhaps everything does happen for a reason. And maybe I was spared a lot of pain and struggle by lusting after these guys from a limited distance. But what can I say about that? Other than thanks for the hard-ons. Thank you for joining me once again for Alan After Dark. I hope you've had some fun. I hope you've been entertained. And I hope you come back and see me again. Remember, take life by the balls and indulge. We'll see you soon. Thank you.